Hello and welcome to the Big Queer Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Joshua, and today I'm interviewing actually one of my favourite wrestlers, Hotshot Joey Scott. I'm going to hand it over to himself to introduce himself properly. Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Josh. Um, flattery. <laughs> uh, thanks, for, thanks for speaking so highly of me. Uh, so, I'm Rob. I wrestle as the Hotshot Joey Scott, and I'm from Redditch in the West Midlands. And how long have you been wrestling now? Uh, so I started training uh, in October 2008. Um, and yeah, I've pretty much, I, I started my career in K-Star wrestling. Um, I did like a few bookings here and there um, throughout the years that I was at K-Star. But um, I left there late 2014 and that's when... Um, uh, well, I started going to more promotions across the UK, really. Uh, but up until then, I was I was mostly just wrestling for K Star. Um, but yeah, now I'm trying to get out there a bit more. Yeah, so you're 12 years in, but only really six years of travelling about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and you started as a referee as well, didn't you? Uh, so I, I did a bit of everything, to be fair. Um, so, I, like, obviously, um, with training and that, um, I was only training to do wrestling. Uh, but then when I would help out at shows, um, I, I would do whatever was needed of me. So I'd put chairs out, I'd uh, do the camera work. I hated doing camera work because it's so stressful. Because, like, I feel like if you mess up as a wrestler, you're just messing up your little spot. But if you mess up a, as a cameraman, you're spoiling the whole show really because that's the footage <laughs> what a the guys want to watch back b the promoter wants um to actually have footage of the show and it's yeah it's a very stressful job uh but yeah i did i did do refereeing as well which um i i don't think came very natural to me to be honest but it i think it did help me in the long run oh that was about to be my next question i was about to say did do you think it benefits to the mix of roles before you actually yeah, started wrestling. because I got more of an understanding of... So now, obviously, like, re- when I transitioned into wrestling, I'd appreciate what the referees have to go through um, and, and not, like, take the mix so much, like... So if I'm a villain um, while wrestling, not, like, taking the mix so much with the counts and making the referee look stupid because there's only so many times a referee can be lenient, right, without looking like a pushover. Um, yeah. So, yeah, things like that, and um, for like cameraman example, like it, it's it's awkward when you're trying to get a shot as a cameraman. Um, of wrestlers, so sometimes they don't work towards the cameras. Um, but now I feel like I'm constantly curious of where the cameramen are positioned and what they're having to go through. Yeah, I agree. I think both parts that you spoke about are underrated roles on a show. Like, I don't think people... And that's so unappreciated. Because people just think about the wrestling, but the referees were a very, very, very important part of the show. And so was the cameraman. Even though the cameraman's not really seen, it's still a very big part of the show. Well, that's the thing with cameramen. You've got to be invisible, but you've also got to be there for all the shots. And it's, it's a difficult thing to do. And then when it comes to refereeing, you've got to sort of hold your ground. You've got to... Be there, but sort of not be in the way. You've got to 
count properly, you've got to focus on multiple matches, you've, like, I think it's a really underestimated role, like, I've ref shows and it's, it's hard, and I'll openly yeah. admit to people now that I'm a terrible referee, like, it's a hard thing, and it's like you've said, they're hard roles and they're underappreciated, but when you've had the opportunity to do it, even if it's just for a couple of months whilst you're training, I think it does give you a different aspect of what to expect and what to appreciate from the other people that are around you. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it helps you grow. I think what it grow. is as well is um, both, both roles are very criticised by the crowd as well. So, like, cameramen get a lot of uh, stick for, like, if they're blocking uh, a punter's view. And I get it because the punter's yeah. paid ticket right to watch a show. But... Also, that cameraman's got a job to do by filming, so they're always getting, like, you know, I'd get, like, a few comments, like, move out of the way, you're blocking my view. But it's like, well, I'm told by the promoter, I've got to be filming. So, yeah, you, you do try and stay in the corners, so you're not really blocking anyone, but if you need that shot, like... Yeah, you've got to go for it. It's that thing of, yeah. again, you've got to be invisible, but you've got to be everywhere. And then yeah, a lot of people that record the shows now do the editing as well, and, like... It's a whole. It's a whole job. Like people think yeah. it's sort of turn up, record, leave, but it's not. It's turn up, set up, get the lighting right, get the sound right, record yeah. it all, take it home, edit it all, like send it to the promoter, be told by the promoter that they want it slightly different, edit it again, yeah. and send it back. It's a lot of work. Like I think it's cool though because um, I think. When I started, there wasn't really much um, production side of um, British wrestling shows, at least for shows I was working. Uh, it was pretty much just setting the ring up, and maybe if you're lucky, you get like a curtain to walk out of. Normally, like there'd be a door or something, out of a kitchen or something. Um, so I think to, to have that production side of it now, it allows uh, people who don't necessarily want to be wrestling on a show to still be a part of the business they love, right? So yeah. you got the camera guys, you got the editing guys, and yeah, they've actually got um, a position now where yeah. they can, you know, they can earn a living off it. Nowadays, Commentators anyway. as well. Again, another role that everyone thinks, oh, it's just talking, it's easy. It's hard. I, yeah. I think people underestimate the work that goes into a show, especially now with sort of, the rise of streaming services in wrestling. Streaming services have been around for years, but it's only been the last couple of years where wrestling's kind of leaned into it. Yeah. And it holds that full production of refs, uh, people recording it, commentators, people um, like getting everything ready, like a nice setup, uh, the curtains, the the frames, the like the small details so that it looks clean on these streaming sites. Uh, I think people underestimate the amount of work that goes into it. You yeah, only definitely. you only have to see one of your shows, one of the full force wrestling shows, see the amount of effort that goes into a setup. Obviously a lot of shows do it, but we'll talk about yours because obviously it's the effort that you put in and we've got you on the podcast. I've seen you set up for a show and it takes you hours and you don't rely on other people. You ask for the help and people help, but you don't rely on other people to do it for you. I've seen you dangling off ladders, 
<laughs> I've seen you stack things that shouldn't be stacked to reach places because you want to get things just right. I've seen you fall off a ladder. <laughs> like because uh, yeah. because you want to get think, that production yeah. right. Yeah. I think to a degree that's my downfall because I don't necessarily um not to say I don't have faith in people, but I know that because I'm very picky, it's just easier if I do it myself um, a lot of the time. And that's not to say I won't try and delegate certain jobs and, you know, spread the workload. But certain things I know that I have to do myself just so for my peace of mind, it's done properly. Yeah, um, you're a bit of a perfectionist. Which yeah. is helpful in wrestling, but at the same time, you end up falling off ladders. So, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's a good thing to be in wrestling. I think wanting to have it perfect is a great thing. And I think we've we've literally spent nearly 10 minutes talking about, like, underrated roles in wrestling. Um, I think another one of them underrated ones is the promoter. Um I think everyone thinks the promoter sort of grabs all the money and does a runner. I think it's viewed as they don't do a lot. Um, but I think if you actually look into it, as someone yourself that promotes, the amount of work you put into every show, I think, needs to sort of be shared a bit more. Because like we said, you're, uh-huh. you're a perfectionist and you do, you do things because you want it to be just right. And then, like, just... The promotion, the the posters, the social media, the everything you have to do, and then you wrestle on your shows as well. So it's not like you're giving yourself a break. Like there's a lot of work that goes into shows now that I think people sort of shrug their shoulders at. Um, yeah, I think over- a lot of, a lot of work sometimes. Well, like before, like anyone's actually seen anything. So like. You know, it's before people have even turned up at the venue. But, but they don't. I don't think people understand how much work has gone into it up until that point. Like, fans don't just magically turn up. Like, there is, you know, well, it's called promoting for a reason because you've actually got to promote the show as well. Um, and that's before you've even decided to start setting a ring or an entranceway up. Yeah. Um, I like, I've always said, like, I don't really talk about my promoting side of wrestling very often because I find it um, a, a bit cringy if I'm honest because like it, it seems nowadays everyone promotes and I cringe to think that I'm one of those people uh, so I don't like to talk about it but I've always said like I'm a wrestler first I mean yeah I, I promote shows as well but I don't I don't promote to make a living I, I, I promote a few shows a year because I find, I think it's fun and I like to try and give uh, opportunities out to people who, mm, not all the time, because I, I like to book good talent as well, but I like to give opportunities to up-and-coming talent as well. Um, yeah, somewhere to sort of grow and... A bit of like, a bit of both I like to mix my shows up, I, I'd say. But, yeah, I think, I forgot the point I'm making now, to be honest. I've got a... I think a good but, example. Uh, yeah, of... I, I don't. It's not something I like to really talk about. But I think there's there's definitely it's it's underappreciated because a lot of promotions in the UK they don't make money, and like for the people out there going, oh, the promoters, uh, excuse my French, but a sack of shit because they're taking all the money 
from the show and, and doing a runner and they've tried to uh, reduce my wage by ten pounds. Come on, what what do you think who do you think you're working for? You're not working for the WWE. It's an independent British wrestling show. Yeah, no like, where how much money do you think they're drawing in here? Yeah, ninety percent <laughs> of them don't make people for, a lot of people money. Forget, people forget how much um, the promoter has to pay out in the first place. They've got the venue to pay out for. They've got the wrestlers. They've got the travel. They've got uh, insurance. They've got, if they haven't got their own ring, the ring hire. The entrance and, way. Yeah, I've heard people turn around and say, oh yeah, but they don't have to do that. And why should I? <laughs> Fuck off. Like, come on, get get with it a little bit. Like, they're giving you five minutes to be John Cena a lot of the time. And that's not all, you know. I'm not speaking for every promotion, because obviously there are big promotions out there now who are doing well. Like, you've got... I don't need to name them. Um, they already get enough people talking about them. But you, you know the promotions I'm talking about who have a big following. But, you know, for these small British wrestling shows... Which, it, you know, I, I strongly believe is a backbone of British wrestling because a lot of them, they've been here way before these big, so-called big promotions. And they'll be here long after a lot of the time as well. And they're not trying to, you know, take over wrestling exactly, but they're giving spots to guys to, to perfect their craft. And I think that is important because not everyone wants the same from wrestling. Not everyone wants it to be their full-time job. Some people, they do want to do it as a hobby or they do want to, you know, yeah, get better in the ring and have ring time. Yeah, no, I agree that it's not as it's not as, as clear as people think it is. There's a lot more that goes into it. Like, yeah. I know I've seen your promoting, I've seen TJ Sky's promoting, like, there's there's so much work that goes into it and it's very, very little reward. Even if you fill up a venue with all of the costs, with the venue, the ring, the entrance, the wrestlers, like if you do your own sort of like food and drink at the venue or stuff like that, by the end of it, they're not walking out with money. It's not it's not a business where it's like you, you're prom- promoting and you're doing all this work and... Oh, I'm getting this money in return. You're not, you're not getting much at all. Like, mm. I'm someone that's around you quite a lot, and I'm around TJ Sky even more. I, I see the hard work, and for a normal job, you get paid an hourly rate to do your job. This job, that's not guaranteed. So you're doing all of this work, and yeah, you might walk out with a bit of money, but you might end up in in the minus. But you do it because yeah. there's a passion there. And you want to promote people. And you were saying giving people opportunity opportunity against bigger names. I recently spoke to Alex Chambers. And he spoke about the opportunities he had through Full Force Wrestling. Because you put him up against people like Eddie Ryan. Who is this well-known, well-respected professional. And he believes he grew from it. And yeah. that that's the point of wrestling. Yeah, like most of us want to make the big time. But you've got to build to that point. You don't just step in to the highest level. And I think sometimes smaller promotions are sort of underrated for everything they do for people. Yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree with that. And Which is why I wanted to talk about your promoting a bit. Because you don't make it a big thing because you do focus on your wrestling. And your wrestling is 
really good and it should be the focus but I think we should focus on everything you do so you've had a lot of time in wrestling now 12 years in total but only six sort of traveling about so if we focus on this well we might as well focus on the 12 years because like the next question is sort of your favorite experiences and your favorite matches you've managed to have like is there anyone in particular that you've been like this is my favorite match ever is there a handful of people is there any experiences that sort of stick in your head? Uh, yeah, so obviously when you sent me the list of questions you'd be asking me, I kind of had a little thing because I didn't want to like brush over some of the matches I've had. So I've I've probably got about five top matches um, in no particular order, but they all like hold like a special uh, place in my heart uh, for different reasons, really. Uh, but. I'd probably have to say my match with uh, Mike Bailey in London. Um, there was a Hammersmith um, club in London. That was, I'd already wrestled um, him once at this point. Um, so I was a bit more um, comfortable going into the match. Yeah. I think because I'd, I'd, I'd worked well with him previously to this. But this was a bit, bit of a bigger show. And yeah, I, I felt like we, we had. Like some people, you just have good chemistry with in the ring, and I think uh, Mike's one of those people that I do work well with. Um, like he pushes you, and like I was, I was very gassed, and like you, you do. I think it, it gives you a bit of a reality check because you you kind of um, you brought to reality of like what kind of level someone's on um, when you're pushed. Because like I don't want to, I don't want to like disrespect anyone else I've been in the ring with, but. I, I kind of feel other people I've worked, I'm quite comfortable at that pace. And then getting in there with Mike Bailey, uh, I was definitely pushed. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like, shit, I, I really need to like try and keep up with him here. Uh, and that was, it was definitely, yeah, it was interesting, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, another match, I had a uh, man like Doris at Kamikaze. Uh, I was, late 2019 um it was the first match i'd had for kamikaze and i I, no one i don't think any of the crowd um like knew who i was um when i came out i don't think most of them hadn't seen me wrestle before um i don't think they really knew what to expect but i feel like yeah it was a good reaction from the crowd i thought from that match and it was just fun to be honest I'd, i'd never worked him before that match and yeah, I think I think again we worked quite well together, and then another match, uh, Sean Custom. I think he's an incredible talent in the UK. I think, well, I'd put him definitely in my top ten wrestlers in the UK. I think he can he can pretty much do any role um, needed of him. Uh, I wrestled him in Hereford. Uh, I was there for that match. And it was, was... It, I think that was my first ever match. I did a spiral tap, and I remember saying to you how nervous I was about doing it. Before yeah, because yeah, because we'd been practicing it together. In, um, yeah, it's, it's it's like it was very different doing it in training when you've got the time to actually think about what you're doing. And a crash mat. Doing it in a match is very different because you're gassed, you're, you're blowing, you've got other spots to remember. So. Yeah, I I, I remember that match because I was stood there watching and I went from another wrestler to a proper fan. It was like everything was fast, everything was like hard hitting. 
you did the spiral tap. There was a, like a phenomenal Spanish fly. I remember that match very clearly. I thought you had died because you landed on your side in the spiral tap. Yeah, that's right. Because I, I, I think um, I, was, I was very gassed for one. And uh, obviously it was the first time I'd done it in a match. Where I don't think I'd fully got all the way around, did I, if I remember correctly? No, it was... Um, and I think I landed just on my side. But no, it didn't hurt, but it looked pretty um, gruesome on camera, which was good. But obviously that's a good shout out to um, a cameraman, Will Hardricks, as well. Because he zoomed in on my facial expression. So it, it wasn't just like... Again, we, you know, go talking about cameramen. He knew exactly where to be for that spot, which was a credit to his work, really. Yeah, he's very good at what he does. Um, that's Will Hodgson at not Hodgson. No, it is, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Hodgets. Um, Hodgets. He worked. Obviously, he owns Top Rope Media. Top Rope Media. That was the one I was looking for. I was getting it confused in my head. Um, and his work. He works for quite a few places. He works for. Uh, he's done Full Force, he's done Wrestling Hinkley, and his work is, like, I'd say top level. And he does all the editing as well, and, like, he's managed to make me look good, so he's bloody good at his job. Um, <laughs> like, he, he does highlight videos, he does he does a bit of everything. He And he's another person you said about doing all the different things. He's done the reffing and everything as well, he's got the appreciation for it. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, definitely. We won't stick I think on where him. his heart is, uh, it's definitely with the filming. Cause oh, God, yeah. And he's very good at it. Um, but we won't stick on it too long or he'll get a massive head and I'll get a Snapchat. Um, <laughs> so let's go back to your your list. You've listed three and you said there was five. So who else have you got on the list? Uh, so I've got um, Jason Carrion. Uh, he's an American. Uh, I wrestled him over in New York. Um I, again, great chemistry with him. I've worked him uh, a few times over in the UK, and then uh, he was my opponent when I wrestled out in New York. And he, he's great. He's another one. He's so friendly. He's so giving. Like he's up for anything, really. And uh, yeah, he's just a. He's another great worker. He looks great as well. Like he's in phenomenal shape. Um, yeah. Uh, and then my last one. Um, it's a bit of a weird one, this one. It's it's not it's not like a crazy match or anything, but I just remember because um, it was a tag team match. I remember waiting for a tag. I was stood on the apron and I just remember looking around at the crowd and thinking how much I'm enjoying this. And that's very rare for me because um, with a lot of my matches, I don't actually enjoy them at the time. Like I'll look back and think, oh, that was cool, but I'm like proper stressy, like. I'm very nervous before I go out for my matches. Um, yeah. But I was just loving everything about this. Uh, so that was me and KB Violence versus the Voro Twins. And that was in Greys and Essex. It was just... There is footage of it on YouTube, um, but it's it's not like edited or anything. It's just a hard cam angle. But it, it's just, it, it was just a lot of fun. And I felt... I don't know if you've had it, but... You know when you're wrestling and you kind of you you forget really that you're working. You you just you're proper going through it and like every little thing you do, um, you're putting your own little twist on it. And yeah. You just I don't know. I, I felt like a wrestler in it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's so quite a rare that, feeling. Like, one of the most enjoyable matches I've had. 
yeah, it's quite a weird feeling when you can sort of get lost in it rather than thinking about it constantly. Yeah. So I can get why that's so high, like on a list. It's it's difficult because a lot of wrestlers are sort of perfectionists and they want to go out and they want to do everything perfect. And I think a lot of us all forget to have a bit of fun with it. But then when you do yeah. get that one where it's just it's smooth and you can work with that person or people just naturally and you can just have fun with it, it tends to turn out yeah. better than the overthought perfection work I mean, this anyway. Is, this, isn't any this isn't any disrespect to the, the people involved in that match either, but I think it was um, it was a case of like, it was a very weird mixing for me and my partner because we are very different in terms of um, ring style. Um, and then I'd, I'd never worked the Volvo Twins before. So it was, it was almost like, I, I'm not going to say I was a bit half soaked about the match, but I do. I, do, I think I just I didn't really give it too much for. I I was just oh, it's another match, and I'm gonna go because that was part of the week long tour. So I worked nearly every. I think just was on a Thursday, and I'd been working since the Sunday. Yeah, so it was just. I don't want to say it was just another match because obviously I enjoy all my matches, but it, you know, it, it was nothing special going into it. No, I get um, what you mean. You, you didn't go into it with. Yeah, you didn't really go into it with a an expectation of what was going to come out of it, but yeah, because definitely. you you were more relaxed about it, you were able to enjoy it more. Which yeah. I think goes back to you trying to be a perfectionist on everything. I think I I say it like it's just you. It's a lot of wrestlers. They want to do the best every time they go out there, and half the time you overthink it so much that you don't necessarily trip over your own feet. But I think you do get in your own way. Yeah, and then but when you can let it go and just go with it, it it tends to go so much smoother. But it's really easy for us to go. Oh yeah, if you don't think about it and go out and do it, like that's a lot easier said than done. Like it's that thing of always wanting to be better and always wanting to be the best you can be, and I think it loops around in people's heads quite a lot. So we've listed your favourite matches so far. With lockdown hopefully coming to an end by about the middle of this year and hopefully shows returning the end of the year, um, maybe 2022, is there, a, is there a target of who you would like to wrestle? Is there a list? or? Um, yeah, there is a few people. So I did an Instagram story um, not too long ago and it was uh, people I'd like... Uh, someone asked me who I'd like to face and I, I tagged... Let's see if I can remember all of them who I tagged. Uh, I tagged the Deadly Sins tag team. Um, I tagged Adam Bolt. Um, I tagged Big Guns Joe. And then I tagged someone who I was meant to be facing uh, late last year, but obviously locked down for an end to it. Uh, and that's um, that was at Hinkley. I was meant to be wrestling. Oh, Tyler um, Owens. Tyler Owens, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's my list too. I mainly, I, I've not worked any of them, so I'd like to I'd like to work all of them. Uh, obviously, there's people who I've worked in the past who I'd like to get back in the ring with. But, yeah, in terms of people who I've not yet faced. Yeah, fresh uh, faces. They, I'd, I'd say they were my list. If we were doing rematches as well, who would you add to the list? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd definitely like to get in the ring with Mike Bailey again. Not, not 
just yet, mate, because I'm incredibly out of ring shape at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that feeling. He'd kill me. Um, I've worked Joel Redman in a tag match, but I'd like to wrestle him in a singles. Yeah, I, I'd like to get in the ring with anyone, to be fair. I'd just be able to actually have a match again would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Because obviously none of us have wrestled in a long time, but yeah, I'd, I'd say them two. Yeah, let's hope it's sooner than later. I think once you're saying like you're out of ring shape, but I think once like things have got moving again and you've got that going again, I don't think it's going to take you long. You're a bit of a freak athlete. I think I don't think people see you in that way because you're quite a strong a strong character. But like some of the stuff you can like pull out your back pocket. Like just before lockdown kicked back in again, you we were messing around at the full force unit and you pulled out a shooting star from the second rope. Like, some of the stuff you can do is insane. I think once you get moving again and we get the opportunity to get going, I think you're going to have a scary amount of good matches. Um, I'd, I'd like to think so. I think um, it's a bit worrying because obviously, like, none of us have wrestled in, like, a year. So it, I, I don't know if it's that, like, this is um, everyone's fault, but it's definitely at the back of my mind is, oh, can I actually get back to the level I was on before lockdown? Because, like, it's one thing going to a training school or, you know, having ring time and practicing a move. Uh, yeah, I, I know I can do that. But can I actually get back to the standard I was happy with before all this happened? Yeah. And it's definitely worrying. Yeah, I think it's a fear for a lot of people. It's it's definitely one that I've I've thought about as well. So I don't, I don't think you're on your own with that. I think we all have the fear of... It's when you stop, isn't it? Like, it's not like riding a bike, wrestling, it's quite a... Basics are, ve are fairly strict, and you've got to have them right, do wrestling right, and to keep it as safe as you can whilst hitting someone or drop-kicking someone, or you have yeah. to be able to sort of perfect that. And I think it is a worry for a lot of people, but I think that there are a lot of places to train when it's allowed again. Um, there's more popping up. There's opportunity to be in a ring more, in a safe environment, in in a place where you can feel comfortable to learn. And one of them places is your new unit. Um, did you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, can do. Um, so, obviously, I think it was very bad timing on opening it, but um, I saw the opportunity uh, come and I thought, oh, at this point, we weren't in lockdown, so I thought I, I kind of thought we might be edging back to normal. So I went ahead and um, yeah, I I I signed a contract uh, on this new unit. It's a three-year contract. So I can extend it after. Uh, but yeah, when uh, things get back to normal, the full force barracks in Leamington Spa uh, will be available pretty much every day. Um, if you want to just have either ring time, um, you can do private one-on-one -on -one bookings or there'll be weekly classes available as well. Yeah, because um, I know Newbreed will be training out of the unit when it's available for classes. As someone that got to use the unit before we went back into full lockdown, it's clean, it's a decent size, the ring is safe, there's weights. There's even a little seating area for you to sort of yep. catch your breath and I it's a very well put together unit I think when things are up and running the opportunity for people to get there uh, will be really good 
the information is on one, the f- one thing I like about it as well it's, it is very um, easy to get to obviously it's a very very short walk from the train station as it's actually underneath <laughs> the unit itself is as you know is actually underneath um, the train bridge yeah um, so it is very you know easy to get to from anywhere in the country really. yeah even for non-drivers because the train station is literally two minutes away and it's not difficult to find either. And it's it's just a nice... It's not a massive unit, but it's a nice... It's clean, it's safe. It's a, a really nice area to train. It's kind of out of the way as well, so you don't feel like you're making a racket and getting on people's nerves. It's... Yeah. I think it's going to be good for a lot of people when it's up and running... When it's allowed to up and run properly. It's located in Leamington... The information is on the Full Force Wrestling page, isn't it? Uh, it's on the... It, it should be on the Facebook. I'm, I think I've got a problem with the Full Force website at the moment, so that's something I'm going to have to look into when we do get back up and running. But once that is uh, up and running again, it will all be listed on there, yeah. So we kind of talked about plans after lockdown because we said about who you'd like to wrestle, but are there any other plans when the country's a bit more open? Is there... Plans for full force? Is there any targets you want to hit? Is there certain things you want to go after? Um, yeah, so obviously just before, uh, this was back in, what would it have been, um, April of 2020, we was meant to um, do the big super show uh, at, in Leamington Spa. Um, it was really, not really, really nice venue. Um, it holds like close to a thousand people, and we had some amazing names uh, booked, including um, Doug Williams was going to be hosting uh, the show. So that was a show I was very gutted uh, didn't go ahead. But hopefully, as soon as we get back to it, that, that show can, you know, for one, go ahead, um, and then just try and carry on where we left off, really. Yeah. So try and hit the ground and keep it running <laughs> because it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting like i was speaking to my family the other day um like because obviously they do all the full force is a very like family-run business isn't it so they oh, do all yeah. the merchandise and everything and like even they said like oh my gosh we've kind of got what to do it's like we're gonna, they're gonna have to really think about it like um in, you know in terms of how we lay chairs out how we uh, yeah, the stand up and um, just everything really. And when you say it's very family-run show, we're talking literally everyone from your brothers to your parents to your grandparents being a part of the show. I think yeah, it's not something you see a lot of, and they're all there and they're all supportive. They're all doing different things. I've seen, well, I've seen your brother refing. I've seen your mum ring announcing. I was. In the ring when your grandma hits someone in the face with a pie. <laughs> yeah, um, Mel Price that was. Yeah. Mel, Mel and Lana. Mel took that like an absolute boss. She got backstage and she couldn't even see properly. She'd lost an eyelash. <laughs> um, and it was just like, it's very family like predominant family is there and they all help and I'm, I'm going to be honest you're not the easiest person on show day and you've got this family support that I think 
everyone has, but to the level you have it with running this business, I, it's a really nice thing to see as someone that's there before the show and someone that's wrestled on your shows, seeing all of you work together and seeing how proud they are. It's a really nice, just, just something really nice to see because they don't just support, they're not just sat in the crowd, they are literally part of full force. It's it's just really nice, and it helps as and well. Like, go, going back to like um, what we said earlier about like with promoters as well, like you, you don't necessarily see what goes into a show before the actual day of the show, uh, and that, that extends to the family as well. Like it, it won't be just me posting on my own. Like I've had my mum and nan walking around streets and streets delivering thousands and thousands and thousands of door-to-door flyers so it is it's it's all the work leading up to the day show as well and like obviously i've got my own band now so it's it's not um a job what needs doing anymore but my dad would wake up at you know five o'clock in the morning to have to empty the van sometimes in the pouring rain to then get a van back to where we've hired it from so it is it is definitely a team effort from yeah. everyone involved. And they're all just lovely people as well. I'm saying it as an... Like, I think if you said it, everyone would sort of go, well, yeah, the family has got to say it. I'm saying it as an outsider that your family are a nice group of people to be around on a show day. And I think it's... Well, but they're related to me, so they can't be that nice. I mean, the, the difference <laughs> from you to the rest of them is... Yeah, you you only see five minutes of a matter of show though. Like I see the uh, the evil side. <laughs> <laughs> we only see the nice side. We don't see the the after. Um, but I just think it was important to sort of bring up <clears throat> how important they were to it because it's like you said about all the background players. They don't always get the credit, and as much as you do give them credit, um, I think if we can hopefully show that to a, a wider audience that the work that goes into it, I think it should always be sort of spoke about. We should always speak about the positives. Yeah. Everyone's so quick to jump on the negatives, especially in wrestling, let's be honest, that I think we forget the good people, the good places, the kind people, just just the good people to be around. And I think at full yeah, force, your family is a is a massive part of that. Um, and to be fair, when it comes to full force, so is uh, Maria. If we're talking about people that help out, we've mentioned yeah. Will, we've mentioned your family. There's uh, Maria that was there, the show last year. How, what was it? It was only about... She, she was she was there less than a week after giving birth yeah. to her child. I wanted to um, say a month, but I knew it was less. And it was no, like... it was less than a, less than a week. So that's, she, how, that's yeah. how dedicated she is to help out, really. And, you know, she every everyone what um, has ever been to a full force show will know that how highly I regard uh, Maria as help. She, she, I don't, she, a lot of people try and calm me down on a day of the show. And, you know, I'll be the first to hold my hand up. I can snap at people. And she's got that knack of being able to calm me down. And I think having her there and having her support, especially after just giving birth as well, yeah, well, it's it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, um, which is again why I wanted to just mention it. I know it's only thirty seconds on a podcast that twenty people might listen to, but I think we need to 
praise the good and she is she's not just part of the good she's like a prominent part of the good especially within your circle and I just think we need to big up good people and they're the, they're the people people like her people like your family people like yourself they're going to help rest and start running again they're going to be the ones that are stood at the front handing out leaflets putting up posters helping you set up you're quite big setups like you do the big staging you have all of that that like people like that are the people that we need to be these people are great these people are helpful these people are going to be the reason we get shows running again and i just think we need to again focus on the good um we've took the opportunity to talk about full force yourself uh people you want to wrestle goals everything along them lines so the next one is who do you think other people should watch like a top three of people you think after lockdown is done hopefully or you hopefully are either going to get the opportunity or you believe deserve the opportunity uh yeah so i think um one person i think whether or not he's given opportunities or not i think he won't take no for an answer so for that reason i do think he's he is gonna he is gonna definitely get somewhere um eventually um it should have happened years ago because the amount of work and that he puts into uh wrestling and traveling and wrestling different styles different promotions um it is you don't see it off many people um and that's how he sing i do i do definitely think he's gonna it's someone's gotta see what i say somewhere down the line because well yeah as i said he doesn't take no for an answer so i think eventually it the cream always rises to the top so yeah that's gotta be the case um another one who i for one love to get in the ring with i think He's got the look, he's got the attitude, and I think he's definitely got the talent. Just more people need to be able to see it, is Alex Chambers. Um, and then, I don't want to be one of those people I just name all my friends. Uh, so someone who I, I think I've only met him a handful of times, but I definitely want to get in the ring with him after lockdown, and that's Adam Bolt. Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff he does on Instagram, and like athletic i don't think is like a justified word for him so i completely see your point with all three of them like i've i've not seen a lot of harry singh but what i've seen he's definitely going to make his mark in some way or another um alex chambers is just easy to work with like i think he can work with anyone in any style and adam bolt is just mad athletic and very good at what he does and I think you matching up with any of them would be insane and them getting opportunities would just be good to see Um, so they're your top three you've named quite a lot of other people in this podcast which I've really enjoyed Um, I think it's always good to sort of big up other people I think you've done that with a lot of people in this podcast and I hope that they get to hear how much you've praised their work. And 
yeah, I think that's just a really good thing. We're basically at the end of the list of the things I like to ask. So what I'm going to ask now is, do you have any merch available that anyone could get? Do you have social media links? Anything you would like to promote? Uh, in terms of merch, I, I don't even know if I've got any left. Um, I might, I might have some shirts. I'm not sure what sizes they. Uh, I think I've got some eight by tens, but as as I don't know if um, you'll agree, but I'm not very big on pushing that, which I probably should get better at it. So uh, yeah, I think if you just message either the Jerry Scott page or message me on Twitter if you're interested in getting any of that stuff then I'm sure we can work something out. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Hotshot Jerry Scott. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Hotshot Jerry One. Uh, yeah, you can check me out on any of them. And yeah, as soon as lockdown's over, be sure to get yourself down the Full Force Barracks in Leamington's Bar. Which is also on Facebook at Full Force Wrestling. And Full Force is on Instagram as well, but I'm not sure and what Twitter. the yeah. I'm not sure what the at is for them. Is it just Full Force Wrestling? If, if you type in Full Force Wrestling, I'm sure it'll it'll come up. So if people keep their eyes on your accounts or the Full Force accounts for the unit, and then hopefully in the not too long future shows, um, we can get get things up and running again. So hopefully, I think that brings an end to the podcast. Um, thank you for coming on. You've been incredibly easy to talk to. Um, you've just been positive, which I'll be honest, wasn't expecting. Um, <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. And to be honest, I'm hoping to bring you back in the future anyway. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me, Josh. Uh, thank you for everyone that's listened to this. Um, please take the opportunity to look up all the names that uh, Hot Shots brought up during the interview uh, they're all phenomenal wrestlers and he's picked a, an amazing list make sure you look up rob himself and please listen in for the next big queer wrestling podcast thank you